Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Every day, I ask, what can I do for Glenview? That's why I founded The Running Club, the Spanish table at the community center. ¿Dónde está mi tanque de oxígeno? And the neighborhood watch. Kaboom! Let's loosen it up. After that short sort of breaking of the ice portion of I'm the I'm sorry evening, to be the squeaky wheel, but wouldn't it be more fun to actually break ice into little cubes and then pour some scotch over them? A few years ago, I wanted to become a member of the Glenview Police Department. You're a homicidal maniac. <laughs> Wasn't feeling the vibe. I have this one scenario in my mind. Sexy Asian housewife alone at night. Best call the neighborhood watch. And then she sucks me. Okay, well. I'm also interested in that happening to me. You ain't seen nothing yet. Oh, oh, but baby, baby, you just ain't seen nothing yet. Guy Montgomery, you globe-trotting son of a bitch. How are you? I'm fantastic, thank you, Tim. Coming at you live from Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I'm staying uh, in in one of in room one six one two at the Ramada Suites in the KL City Centre or KLCC as they love to say here, and I have just watched uh, the 2012 film, The Watch. How are you? What a combination of things at odds with each other. You're in luxury accommodation in a beautiful part of the world watching, uh, hey, I don't want to jump the gun here, pretty fucking mediocre movie. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I actually, that was one of the least painful movies I've watched in the knowledge I'd be talking about it with you. I am with you on that. Just to, um, before we get into it too much, I'm on beautiful Waihee Beach among friends, compadres, oh, countrymen, my friend. and woman. What a lucky guy you are. So good. So I actually have no idea how I'm sounding because all I can hear is your voice. So it could be uh, quite a windy little record. Let's find out. Yeah. No, you've, you've done a good job of muffling the wind. It was really getting into my oh, ear I mean, canals, on- but now... But they're going to hear the the beautiful Patreon listeners will be hearing a completely different uh, different thing. So we'll hope for the best, uh, which is what they did with this movie. Which let me open with this. I'll throw some numbers at you. I got from Wikipedia. Oh crap! Can I remember it? Budget of sixty five million dollars. Do you know how much money it made? I do. I looked at the same thing. 
<laughs> it was made for sixty-eight million. It made sixty-eight point three million dollars. That is a win. That is a net profit, three hundred thousand dollars. You're pocketing a cool three hundred k there. Um, and hey, nothing to sniff at. I mean, it's a very long road to take to get it, but that's still $300,000 you didn't start the year with. So my that's congratulations true. to the studios, the filmmakers, the producers, everyone involved in it. Um, you know, I, I could tell pretty much right out of the gate with this film, which starts with, well, it's, first of all, it's, it's, it's for those of you who don't remember, it's sort of had quite a big... Uh, marketing campaign, if I recall correctly, it's yeah, Ben it Stiller, Vince Vaughn, Jonah Hill, and Richard Ayoade, who's a very funny British uh, comedy actor and writer. Um, and they all they all play essential. Essentially, they play uh, like caricatures of previous roles they've had and form a neighbourhood watch in a small suburban town. That they do, um, and. Within the first five minutes of watching it, I thought to myself, this is going to be neither the worst or best hour and 41 minutes of my life. If anything, this will barely be a blip on the radar of my memory by the time it's finished. And I was right. It was almost, you know, in terms of uh, all-star cast, uh, gratuitous product placement, and like semi-committed performance it's almost like a competently put together Grown Ups 2 only they've got yeah. a story to thrust them through the, 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 the runtime. there was a lot of beats of Grown Ups 2 in this uh, nothing more prevalent than the, the the placement of Costco inside the plot and screen of this picture um, which emulated exactly the place of Kmart and Grown Ups 2, down to the fact that our four male leads, similar to Grown Ups 2, have a scene in the uh, camping department where they have a bit of a powwow and a chat, exactly mirroring... Um, I was going to say The Last Supper. It's not. It, there is something kind of artistic about the way they're all put together if you think about it hard enough. But anyway, those scenes are the same guy. They're identical, you see. Mirror images of each other. Absolutely. I thought, um, you know, I mean, I'm just trying to think of some of the other gratuitous product placement. Budweiser seemed to throw a bit of money at this film. I think uh, Costco pretty much single-handedly bankrolled this, right? There's a lot of time spent in there. They blow one up at the end, which is great. You know you couldn't do that without their permission. Um, yeah. They also, like, at one point, Richard Ayoade's line was like... Uh, Cost, you know, Costco, they really do have everything you need in there. Spoken from the perspective of someone who, uh, you know, like who, who believes what they're saying wholeheartedly. Everything but under we, one roof, we, which I'm going to assume is we, their slogan. Yeah, should we rip through the plot quickly and then we can pick hey, apart what we did and didn't like? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you do that? Hey, can I just say as well, for a bit of um, theatre of the mind, I'm actually walking right past a wedding <laughs> that's happening on the beach. Um, I feel like You're I'm really lowering the tone. So let me paint you a picture. Tim Bat is uh, walking walking down this beautiful New Zealand small town beachfront locale with uh, headphones and a big old microphone on. And uh, there's some very well-dressed people attending the union of two families. It's, it's magical, it's but a, I feel like I shouldn't be here. Beautiful I feel thing. bad. They might be grateful. Post-haste. One of them might know who you are. They might think, holy shit, Tim Bat is recording in the background of our wedding. What a blessed day. Chances are low. 
maybe one of the partners loves you and the other one doesn't like you at all. And so it's it's read as a sign that the union is, in fact, doomed. A harbinger (laughs) of uh, discordance. Yep. Oh, man, my words are failing me. I'm a black crow on the wedding. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. But here I am. Well, for just for I'm, a bit of colour, I'm, I'm out of the sixth floor of this hotel, and uh, mm-hmm. I can see the the urban sprawl of Kuala Lumpur unfurled beneath me. Uh, to my immediate left, we have what appears to be a blend of local and tourism nightclubs. Uh, I walked through that last night to get to a food market, and uh, there were some very forceful uh, young prostitutes actually who were very interested in my custom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I assured all of them I was okay. Oh, uh, they were sort of Rome. almost trying to give me. Well, yeah, if I was in Rome, I would have probably, you know, solicited one of their services. Uh, mm. Trying to give me paper cuts with their laminated, you know, uh, massage offers. It's all under the guise of a massage, Tim. But I know better. Do they thrust a menu um, into your hands like a sort of an ethnic restaurant style, or are they business cards that you get to keep? Uh, they're they're sort of menus. It's like a, a, a smattering of the offerings available. But, uh, smorgasbord you know, of they, six. More or less exactly that. Uh, and then, yeah, if you keep, if you keep walking, I walked uh, about 14 kilometers in Kuala Lumpur yesterday, and I went to, I would say, five malls. Uh, it's not laid out for the pedestrian in this city. It is uh, none too friendly towards those who want to explore on foot. Uh, occasional bursts of green space and, you know, uh, beautiful neighbourhoods, but more or less you're surrounded by various different motorways and office buildings. How uh, else are you going to cram all those go, people in, Guy? You can't have a city gonna, that populated without a lot of buildings and roads. That's know? true. Well, no, I'm, go, I'm going to the Batu Caves today, which is uh, uh, slightly further out. I'm going to climb up a huge flight of stairs, Tim. And if you did that at home, it'd be annoying, but you're doing it overseas, so it's a tourist attraction you'll pay money for. I don't think I have to pay money for it, but it's certainly something I would not, it would not occur to me to do in New Zealand. I would never think, I'm going to drive for an hour and a half so I can climb up a flight of over 300 stairs. You're not wrong. It is absolutely absurd when you frame it like that. Save yourself the cost of the flight, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening and you're interested in going to KL. Just find a local building, count the stairs up there, uh, fire exit, and do the requisite number of laps to youth hit 300. And it'll be like it's a pretty vacation. Much, Self-contained. Pretty much the same experience. Okay, to the plot, dear comrade. Yeah, I also just became mindful of the fact that I've walked um, far ahead of my group and I'm carrying a lot of stuff for a baby that's with us. So I'm just going to return and make sure I'm not... Um, hey, I'll tell you what, this oh, yeah. mule has really, he's, he's overstepped his bounds, guy. I've got important cargo in my back. Yeah, you are really, um, you really got a lot of stuff going on there at Waihi Beach. <laughs> oh, yeah. You so while you, while you fulfill your obligations as a responsible remember, guys, party to I'm, a caregiver. I'm back with the pack. I just remembered I have the backpack on. I got too far ahead of the baby. It's no good. It's a bad look. Bad muling. Guy, to the plot. Please. That's when you pick up the baton and do it. You, you suggested well, the no, segment with a real hiss and a roar. You want me to do it? I'll do it. Watch this. No, no, no. This okay. is a movie which had lavish marketing. I remember seeing posters. I remember seeing bus backs. I remember billboards. Huge. 
from memory in 2012 when this movie came out in the preceding months when it was advertised to me I thought this whole thing was just around it being a neighbourhood watch movie so you could tell what this was broad four tentpole comedy big bankable stars Ben Stiller's at the helm written by the uh, same uh, individuals who put together Superbad which I was a huge fan of and it was going to be like a goofy kind of cop buddy film parody and it is for about 45 minutes and then they introduce aliens and the aliens are terrifying they did a legitimately great job I thought of the special effects these things are very alien versus predator like the best bits of both species and so then the movie becomes a quest basically to save their own skin and the world I'm, I'm yeah. painting with some pretty broad brush strokes, but that's what the movie's no, about. No, no, I, I think you've got it about right. Um, ben Stiller's is impotent. What? Oh, he's not impotent. Yeah. He's uh, shooting blanks. A little subplot. Sterile? Yeah. Yeah, so you've got, you've got Ben Stiller playing as sort of the neurotic control freaky lead, which was not a huge stretch for him. Vince Vaughn, the fast-talking, fun-loving neighbour slash best friend. Uh, not a huge stretch for Vince Vaughn. Jonah Hill playing some sort of foul-mouthed, slightly youthful, uh, and in this actually in- insanely creepy and weapon-obsessed uh, failed cop. And then Richard Aowardi playing uh, sort of an eccentric British interloper. So He's an alien. Everyone was... Yeah, First, I mean, eventually. in the legal sense, and then literally. Yeah, it's revealed that he's one of the aliens. It just, it, to me, it felt like uh, they didn't quite stick the landing on either, but they got close enough that they were like, we can make this now, and they did. Yeah. Also, yeah, they in did. reference to your remembering of the marketing materials, uh, I've discovered that it was originally marketed around the cast and the idea of it being a neighborhood watch, but around the same time, uh, there was that terrible uh, shooting of Trayvon Martin by... Oh, wow. George Zimmerman, who was a member yeah. of the Neighborhood Watch, and so oh, they had to shit. they had to change tack and redistribute the marketing built around. They changed the name from Neighborhood Watch to The Watch, and instead tried to create a focus on the alien uh, element of the film instead of the sort of buddy element buddy elements of the of the four four mates all going out there together. Um, Quite understand and, why. Honestly, I don't think it makes a difference how they market this thing. Like uh, it, it's. It's fine. I was not upset. I don't think I laughed once, but I also don't think I groaned once. I was just like, yep, yep, yep. Like, a lot of the humor has aged very well. What do you laugh at? Hmm. Hopefully I've written this down. But I, there, were, there was, I think, about three spots in the film when I legitimately laughed. Oh, Will Forte at the very end was definitely one. Okay. Can I say he, this? That was, yeah, go I take it back. Every time Will Forte was on the screen, I laughed. Specifically, there was one point where they were on the stakeout outside of Costco after the security guard has murdered the first sign that something is amiss in this beautiful suburban neighborhood. And uh, I was thinking to myself, God, you know, there was a, a brief time when this movie had real promise. This movie needs Will Forte. And then who should roll up in the car next door but Will Forte portraying, portraying a police officer. He is honestly... He lights up every scene he's in and everything he's in. He is brilliant, and I'm a big fan of his. I, I, my opinion of his performance in this film is a little different from yours. I feel like he really didn't come into his own until that last 
bit because I feel like he was being restrained. He was being held back too much. But that could be because my favourite role that I've seen Will Forte portray is the uh, sword enthusiast in Tim and Eric. Um, fuck, I love that character. So good. Easy swords. Um, oh, there's a lot of action happening around me. That's fine. Um, so, and this, he was kind of like just playing a, a, a slightly quirky but mainly down the line incompetent cop, which was fine. But it was right at the end where he really got a got a chance to flap those comedy wings of his uh, when there's a big explosion and he's talking to Ben Stiller's wife and he says, oh, what's happening? I can't see anything. Are those tears of joy? They're not. You're sad. He's dead, isn't he? It's He's dead. He's died. You're going to be okay. You're a good person. <laughs> and it's just playing out as the Costco's exploding around them. Fuck, he's good. You like that? Yeah, I like I, I like loved Will Forte. It. Uh, could you please rank the four leads, you know, in terms of, uh, how you thought they performed from best to worst. So who do you think did the best job with their character? I can't help but love Vince Vaughn and everything I see of his. And it's probably because they had a very um, early love of old school. Like, I just saw that movie at the right time, probably when I was about 13 or 14. And so that, that has an enduring uh, love in my heart, even though it's very silly and, um, you know, not a I great love, film. I loved, the, I loved the movie Old School. It's great. Uh, Old school so, to me sort of exists in the same pantheon as like what were the other ones that re- like Anchorman is maybe of a slightly different era but occupies the nah, same sort of reverential place lighter. in my mind's eye. Uh, yeah, Napoleon Do- Dynamite. Funnily enough, I mean nothing really came of the filmmakers in the end. That was like they came mm. up with the hiss and a roar and then slightly faded to obscurity. But I remember thinking that that movie was eminently quotable and repeatable. Yeah, um, but old school certainly Road Trip. I remember Road Trip, road trip if, if only for mind. being one of the first on... movies uh, in which I saw boobies. I had it on VHS. Amy Smart, was that her name? That, that's the one. Yeah, I remember, I had that on DVD. So uh, we both had that film. Interesting. Were you gifted it or did you go out and seek a copy I was of given, Road Trip I, on no, VHS? I was given it for Christmas and I remember uh, at the time... Uh, the spare, there was like a spare TV in our house that had, we had a built-in uh, VCR. You remember Love these that. ones? That has dated this memory to about a six-month period. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible. That was a product that when it was released was at the very top of the technological food chain and within one week was entirely <laughs> obsolete. Um, but so I was lucky enough to have that in my room during the Christmas period. And so you can only imagine my delight when uh, this is as close as I had to what became, I guess, laptops with internet capabilities and, mm. you know, endless pornography. Yeah. But I had, I had in my room, I had the option to have breasts with me in my room at any given moment. And it was staggering. I feel like we were an age where we, our, our um, accessibility to porn was just right. There was, um, it was there if you wanted it, but there was just enough resistance that you really had to work for it. These days, it's, yeah. it's it feels like it's coming at you even when it's unsolicited. You know, it's, it you, finds it, you. It's too much. I'm actually off the stuff. I've been uh, if I'm ever going to have a have a tug, I've been going the, down the old route of the imagination recently. Can you imagine, Tim? Is that just a brain brain expanding journey that you're on, or like, is there anything any particular reason for that? Uh, I don't know. I just don't think it's I don't think it's necessary. And it's, it's quite, like working it's quite, out. Working out the tool that you need for comedy, which is your brain, your imagination. I like that. Yeah, yeah. 
Not yeah, that yeah, I want to um, dwell too much on uh, your masturbatory no, no, no. habits. Do you remember when you first give saw you a high five for p- that? Pornography? No. Oh, yes. Yeah. I it remember. was uh, what an old colleague of mine, Matt Heath, would refer to as grumble, which is um, magazine pornography you find in a park. Which seems like urban legend, but it, de- it actually did happen to me. It was an old friend of mine called, um, what was his name? Something Dixon. Andrew? Something. You say a friend or an uncle? A friend, a mate of mine. Um, I love that. I remember I was with uh, a family friend who was older. And he'd found like some insane stash at his uncle's house, or like an out, like in an outhouse or a shed. Oh, and yes. we went out there, and uh, I think we're I was too young. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out what's happening. I, That's why I'm silent I was too, for long periods. That's okay. I was too young to necessarily know what was happening, mm-hmm. but uh, holy moly, those images stirred something in my loins. You know. <laughs> Uh, but that was all I, I that's all I did is I looked at these various different insanely erotic images and something that was like a penthouse got rock hard and then uh you know put the magazines down until my dick went down again and then went back and kept hanging out with uh two families I don't know Jesus. if either of my sisters subscribe to this patreon but uh, I sincerely hope not this is uh this yeah I don't you've taken a turn with this episode I feel like we need to get back to the movie here I'm fine to indulge you um, teenage sexual escapades to a point, guy, but I feel like I just got too much information. And I know if I did, the listener certainly did. No, 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 it's okay. Uh, They love it. But all all that to say that you've got a deep-seated love for Vince Vaughan that dates back to your adolescent (laughs) years. That that was the original, um, yeah, that was the starting point of this bit. Was that a baby I just had? What's going on over there in the hotel room in KL? Oh, no, it's a, it's a squeak on the chair I'm sitting on. Oh, cool. Okay, sweet. No well, babies. Absolutely. Uh, Vin- so oh, Vince sorry. Vaughan, so you were asking me. So Vince Vaughn, I love him. I can't help but love him. He's a great uh, comedy actor. He does one thing, but I really like the thing. Uh, yeah. I thought Jonah Hill was good. He's he's a really good actor. There's no getting around that. He's a weird, freaky little dude. Um, he's very takes himself very seriously. I'd say too seriously. But... He managed to make the leap from uh, comedies to working with Marty, uh, what's his name? Scorsese. Scorsese. That doesn't come from nothing. So I thought he was good. Uh, Richard Ayoade, I always, I don't know how to say his last name. Richard Ayoade. Ayoade, that feels like too many syllables for the number of letters there. Richard Ayoade is eminently hilarious as soon as he's on screen i start laughing uh some of you will know him from the it crowd and hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs 
Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective, professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to, so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. And other things after that, but that's that's where I first saw him. It's bloody brilliant, but he's not in it nearly enough. And they do, I feel like they only give him a couple moments to really shine. But he's he's good. Ben Stiller, oh man, I do not care for Ben Stiller. He does. He's like Mike Myers. He does character stuff great. And I think the reason is he's a weird and maybe bad person in real life. So he has to put on wow. these masks to. Um, to hide his real sort of personality. And in these movies where he's kind of playing the straight man, you're sort of, I think, seeing a window into the real guy. And I, I want to close the blinds, you know? Um, that is... I can't, believe, I can't believe you think that of Ben Stiller. I thought I would have... Uh, I'd go Ben Stiller, um, Aoade, Jonah Hill, Vince Vaughn would be my ranking. Dang. So almost an inverted Tim, as they call it. Yeah, I mean, I love Vince Vaughn as well, but I feel like at this point, I mean, this is only this is 2012, this is six years ago, but at this point in his career, he is like, could not be coasting any harder. The man has got one speed. I mean, You're right about that. He, uh, like, I think certainly his style of speaking and uh, the sort of, you know, the mock enthusiasm and the sort of play-by-play commentary he provides for social groups has coloured the way I have formed my voice comedically and sometimes hang out with friends. But uh, I don't need to see it, you know, stretched across a feature film anymore. I'd love, I mean, Wedding Crashes is one of the movies before we started doing any of our podcasts that I'd seen the most. Uh, I thought it was so, so funny. Again, it was sort of of a certain time. Uh, Mm. But since then, it's all been diminishing returns for me. Um, I I am not a huge Stiller guy, but I was like... You know, he was playing an important role in this movie. He was the he was the he was the lead essentially in an ensemble, and he got things moving. Um, Aowade, yeah, I mean, I agree. He, you know, underutilized entirely. Probably the best. I don't of all like. The I don't like. I don't like Stiller as a straight man. I didn't like him in Something About Mary. I'm pretty sure I've seen Meet the Fockers and remember having a bad impression of him in that. And then he he um, who's the big famous actor that he got in Meet the Fockers? De Niro. 
Yeah, I feel like he dragged De Niro into his his bad acting black hole. What are you talking about? Well. The, first of all, first of all, they did Meet the Parents, which is a classic. Right. I feel like right. a commercial and critical success. Then Meet the Fockers, not as good, but still certainly a passable movie. Uh, and then they did Little Fockers, which I never got around to watching. What the but, hell is that? Um, is that it, the it one like sequel the same, too far? Yeah, they had kids or something, you know. Uh, but I don't, I don't mind him as a straight man. Anyway, well, agree to disagree. That's fine. That's that's why we're good friends, guy, because we can disagree on stuff, and that's just that's all right. That's just rosy. Uh, what did but you so think of um, another point that this shares with grown-ups too? For my money, uh, it's treatment of anyone who's not a dude. <laughs> In this film. Oh, so there was something I was trying to say earlier. Uh, a lot of the humour has not, a- I mean, has not aged well. I saw in some cursory research that it wasn't even particularly well received at the time. But right. this is sort of, you know, right in the that sort of Upper Italian wheelhouse of like boys being boys. Uh, but they sort of let their they they let their their jaw and off get a little away on them in this one. I think. Uh, this is a movie where you do not want to be anyone who isn't one of the lads, certainly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There is, like, his his wife is almost fleshed out to the point of being recognisable as a person. Best I found wife her, is. can I say this, incredibly charming. I thought she was, she just exuded char- charisma on screen. I thought yeah. she was great. No one, no one did more with less. Uh, yeah. And then, like... A lot of the running jokes like Jonah Hill's creepiness and also some weird stuff around consent in this movie, funnily enough. I mean, this is 2012. It's telling how quickly the, the earth spins round now that a it's lot of this stuff would, way, not, isn't it? Yeah, would, not, would not make it over the line in a, mm. a modern release. Uh, when they first think the alien that they have discovered is dead... They do a lot of yeah. sort of comical teenage uh, poses. It's weekend with it. at Bernie's <laughs> style stuff. They put shades on him. They take a lot of snaps. They do, they dance with him. Vince Vaughn's got him propped up. They've been drinking heavily, and they're slow dancing. And he grabs his butt, and then the alien but, comes uh, back to life, throws him in magnificent sort of, fashion, teaching us right, you must they, ask even a corpse if you can touch its ass, or else there are consequences. That's right. And then there was even a moment with Vince Vaughn. Vince Vaughn's character in this movie, the sort of emotional hook of him is he is a essentially operating as a solo parent to a teenage daughter who he loves very much but hasn't really formed the best mode of communication with. And uh, he really cares for her. And at one point she's going to a party and uh, he's pretty worried. The friend is a pretty wild person. Uh, so he shows up to sort of make sure everything's okay. And at the time she's uh, been, you know... Uh, cordoned off into a bedroom with her boyfriend who's being quite uh, lecherous and disgustingly sort of forceful or um, insistent would be a better word and it was sort of like they were really edging up towards making a point or saying something Uh, but then they remember that they were making a movie in which women are props and aliens are the driving force and they sort of cast all of the the emotional heft they built up aside so that they could make a few dick jokes uh, and they made a, a, a dick joke scene. a central part of the plot as well. Uh, in fact, we've spoiled See, enough to, of this movie. What it is, is the aliens have one weakness and one weakness only, and that is their dicks. So you've got to rip their, their dicks gi- off to kill them. They're giant alien dicks. Hilarious. That is a classic. It's amazing um, the movie didn't make more than $300,000 when you, when you think about it. 
Yeah. Relative to... um, Feels like a bulletproof joke. You see, guy, their Achilles heel is their cock. That's undeniable comedy. Do you know, I actually... So when they get to the the point... Yeah, that is undeniable comedy, very Greek. Uh, When they get to the end of the movie where it's like they need to... You know, like, if if they don't sort out these aliens, the aliens are going to take over all of Earth. Which, all of mm. that stuff's so, sort of flimsy and rushed, but they're like, we really need to get the end of this, otherwise people are going to stop stop paying attention. Um, a very satisfying piece of plotting, I thought, was... Uh, or like, I, I was like, I was sort of so indifferent towards all of the action at the end. I was like, I knew that the, the Neighbourhood Watch would eventually triumph over the aliens... Uh, yeah. But when they, they got that big orb that they'd found earlier in the film, so there's this sort of powerful orb, which is like a centrifugal force of the aliens, which can, uh, I'd, I'd say it's probably how they travel. And it, it, it's like a, a beam that can explode anything within its path. Uh, but when they figured out that they could take that and use it to explode the entire Costco and in doing so incinerate all of the aliens attempting to invade the Earth, I was like, that within the world of the movie... Is actually a neat little bit of logic. It makes a lot of sense. I'm proud of the guys. I'm happy with the writers. Um, <laughs> yeah. But that was, that was like almost just sort of begrudging appraisal that they'd, they'd cobbled together, uh, you know, uh, a, a, a semi-decent bit of plotting. I mean, I, look, thing, I agree with it, you, man. It, it was neat. It was, it was neat. It was a nice, tidy little sort of bookend for, for the plot. I but, feel like um, Seth... Uh, what's his name? I forget the name. Rogan Seth and Evan. And Evan Goldberg. Yeah, you got it. Oh, it's a Seth Rogan. Oh, it is yeah. too, isn't it? Yeah, true. Um, you know, they've got the formula down for these films. They do, they know how to write them. Yeah. That's evident. I mean, and that's why this film was really like, to be honest, you Patreon guys fucked up a bit, I think. This was a movie that was um, like fine. You know, it genuinely yeah, was fine. Not, I was watching it. I was like, not, "This is fine." Not only does it barely warrant watching, but it sort of barely warrants conversation. You know, everyone, yeah. no one comes out of it uh, looking here heroic, but no one comes out of it looking terrible either. It's just like, yeah, I can see can I, how this movie got greenlit. I can see exactly why it was received. With like, do you not think that making three hundred thousand dollars on top of a sixty-eight million dollar budget is like the perfect representation of what this movie is? <laughs> Yeah, just slightly above breaking even. So close to it, but just slightly above. Um, I just want to say, because I've said some negative things about Ben Stiller, that he is super good looking in this film in particular. They actually comment on it a bit. They keep saying he's got a great physique and great skin. And uh, look, I just want to put my name down as agreeing with that assessment because he looks he looks ravishing in this film. He is in great nick. I the reason I think that what you said caught me off guard is I feel like, I don't know why, but I feel like um, Ben Stiller's sort of, in, in retiring from the spotlight, has become uh, sort of a secret philanthropist. I might be oh, wrong. Oh, really? I believe yeah. it. I definitely believe that. I don't know. I, uh, he seems normal and still waters run deep and then have a big dark swirling pool at the bottom, as the saying goes. Who knows? Do you think he'd be like funny in conversation at dinner? No, he's gotta be I don't funny, right? at all. Nah, absolutely not. I think he's a guy who has it in him to be so funny and knows how to turn it on when he's like on stage and on screen. But I think he just—he's quite a serious guy if you're just dealing with him. Um, did you watch Tropic Thunder? 
Yep. I saw it recently, but, weirdly, because I hadn't watched it in ages. I was like, I've got such a confusing memory of what that movie is in my head. Like, I can't tease out what that movie actually was. So I watched it again about um, a week or two ago. What did you think? What's your, I, it's not as... It's 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 still a really weird film. I can understand why my memory was so confused. I I did like it. It's longer than it should be. I think. Um, it's just, it just feels really ambitious, and I kind of feel like they pulled it off. But I don't know. I'm still, <laughs> in spite of the fact that I just saw it recently, I'm still undecided about it, which is an odd position to take. Yeah, but, um, I think yeah. I saw it like maybe two or three years ago, and was like. I think when it came out, I was excited by it because I liked, for for whenever it came out, I feel like it was probably about 10 years ago. I liked the cast and I liked, you know, the the premise. Yeah. Um, Robert Downey Jr. in it is pretty amazing. The commitment to that role is well, outstanding. That's right. I mean, but that was, that was probably a scandal then. I imagine it would be a huge scandal now. You couldn't put the movie out in 2018 with anything like no. what happened in that film. Uh, no way. But I remember, I remember thinking it was. For those of you who haven't seen it, Robert Downey Jr. plays a character actor who takes himself very seriously, and uh, accordingly, he is in blackface for essentially the entirety of the movie. Yeah. Um, it's sort of like, it's like one of those roles where it's like it's it's everyone's meant to be in on the joke, so it's meant to be making fun of actors who would be so committed that they would black up for an entire movie. But at the same time, yeah. you are dealing with an actor who has. You know, it's like the Joker's on itself, but still, his character sort of almost does a similar thing, uh, though not racially, um, you know, parodying anything or taking on the the characteristics of. But he does it with intellectually handicapped people in a faux film, you know, within the universe of it called Simple Jack, uh, and they they end up saying you never go full retard quite a lot in the film, which again. Luckily, I think, probably on balance, is something you could not put out in 2018. Um, That's right. And it's, it is the, amazing how quickly things have changed. Absolutely. But I remember thinking, like, for all of it, because I think Ben, I thought, even by that point, I felt like maybe Stiller had lost it. But I think he, he co-wrote and he did direct that movie, and I remember thinking it was funny. And my knowledge of remembering certain parts of that film tells me that, like, that's one of the things in the back of my mind where I'm like, maybe it would be fun to go out for dinner with Ben Stiller. Maybe he would be a funny guy. I thought he was really good in Tropic Thunder. I'll say that. Really good. Super funny. Um, I had some notes as well, Guy. I'm just going to see if any of them bear talking about. There's a guy called Paul who's in the film who lives next door. uh, Ambiguously gay at the start and then it's revealed he runs some sort of a sex cult party thing on repeat at his house. He is um, in this film called The Watch and I was like, "He, he is, he's in something. And I looked it up online. It's The Watchman. So he went from The Watch to The Watchman, where he's um, uh, Dr. Manhattan, which is one love of that? the coolest. Oh, man. One of the coolest characters. That scene, do you know, this is slightly embarrassing to admit, but I, I on occasion will watch that scene on YouTube just because I think it's so cool. And I know a lot of people hate The Watchman. I, I get it. It was, it was, you know, it was a lot. It was a lot. But that scene where he transitions into just watch that scene man it tri- it gives me goosebumps it's so f- ah fuck it's well done man it's good when he transforms into dr manhattan the story is chilling he gets can i say i won't say it i'll leave it for whoever wants to see it to, um 
Mate, the only thing at this point, seeing it's been a graphic novel and a semi-unsuccessful movie that came out a while ago, don't you think that everyone who wants to have seen it has, can see it? Cool. Anyone Here's what happens. Doesn't want to hear the, he yeah, there you go. is a nuclear physicist, and I think it's in the 60s. They're doing a bunch of experiments. It takes you through his storyline of meeting a girl, and this all happens like so self-contained and beautifully over the course of about 10 minutes. Meets a, a fellow scientist who's um, dropped dead gorgeous. They fall in love, get together. Um, it shows them going to like the fair, and it's all very late fifties and very cute. And uh, what's the word? You know, it's sort of beguiling. And he's very chivalrous, and it's nice. Good character development done real quick in a montage. Then it shows you um, him being in like the chamber where they do the experiments, and the vault door shuts because he he forgot his watch. He left it on the shelf, so he goes back in to grab it. The vault door shuts of this room, and it's on a time lock, so he is trapped in there. And then you see the horrified. Um, faces of, of his lady love and this other co-worker that they're um, working with as they realise, as he does, that he is trapped in there now with incredible amounts of high energy pulsing around the room and you see him literally be disintegrated into nothing and then he sort of reconfigures himself back as a ghost in the hallway but he is like this tormented soul that doesn't quite know how to reassemble his body yet and then eventually um, wills himself back into being as this He's super powerful. Super powerful is an understatement. He basically can control um, matter at will. By he is a, a super god, yeah. but, and then he becomes bored of humanity. Anyway, watch the scene. It is good. Right on. But it's I it's no will. Paul and the Watch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, it, I actually watched this movie. I so I was I woke up and it was the first thing I had to do. Uh, and because of the way the scheduling works, because I'm on tour with some other comedians, and we want to do some activities today. I actually had to take it down to the breakfast buffet. And oh, yeah. uh, no sooner had I sat down at the breakfast buffet. We're at a hotel. It's a family hotel. You know, there are some business people. There are also some young families. As I sat down and arrived back at the table with a meal you know with which to enjoy a certain portion of this film uh it was right on time for the orgy scene as a young family entered the restaurant from behind me and uh a a bevy of breasts were on display so i would have looked like perfect timing a genuine creeper uh sitting next to my laptop covered in breasts with a mountain of fried rice uh no one around me just watching a movie in a crowded breakfast buffet that by those people's imagination standards pretty much qualified as softcore pornography. So to the young family holidaying uh, here at the Ramada Suites in Kuala Lumpur on this, the 2nd of November 2018, I apologise. I'm sure they're listening. That scene got a rise out of me for the appearance of the Lonely Island Boys because one of them directed this film. Andy Samberg and his friends uh, jacking each other off in a um, Dutch rudder-style circle while discussing who's going to win the Oscar for Best Picture. <laughs> that was good. I thought that was a nice moment. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Which one of them directed this? I can't remember his name. No, nope, he's serious. It's all, oh, it's all Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he did. Oh wow. Other notes. Uh, uh, just to fill you in as well on the surrounds, it's now raining. Um, all of my party went into a cafe about 15 minutes ago, and I've just been standing out here in the rain talking to you, which is a pleasure. Uh, I also wrote down Jamarcus is a good name. That's Richard Iota. Uh, I, how do you say so, it? Iowa. 
Ayoade. Uh, I will always associate the name with uh, Jamarcus, with one of the great NFL draft busts in the history of the sport. Um, Jamarcus Russell, chosen by the Oakland Raiders uh, in, I think it was the 2007 NFL draft. This was probably at the height of my NFL fandom. No one has given, like, a worse return, essentially. Um, His contract that settled the Oakland Raiders to uh, a, a dud, pretty much buried the franchise for another 10 years. Um, oh, a mire which they have struggled to emerge from even now. So when I oh, heard Jamarcus, man. I didn't think, that's a good name. I thought, that's hey, a bad man. that's Jamarcus that's Russell. A bad that's a bad decision. man. I mean, yeah, but to his credit, it does make a difference. Once you sign that contract, you could be a terrible athlete. Uh, that money's <laughs> yours. So I don't yeah. know what he's doing with his, his life, but, you know, it's no skin off his back. Um, I'm pretty keen to get some food in my belly. I haven't eaten in a while and maybe get out of this rain as well, Guy. Uh, I hate to sort of cut proceedings short, but do we want to start closing up our thoughts on this this film? Look, man, this, fu- this film, uh, this, this film and, you know, this podcast, I would say, yeah. neither necessary. Missable. You know? Yeah, totally missable. Absolutely. And that's on us, actually, uh, because it, it should be within us, especially by this point. With the chemistry we have developed over the last five fucking years, you would think we could pull out a funnier piece of audio content uh, than, no, than what we just no. did. So don't, be, don't be too hard it, on us or, or yourself, Tim. Think about it this way. You've been you know, traipsing up and down a beach on Waihee. Uh, I am in my hotel room in Malaysia, still sort of somewhat confused by jet lag. Uh, we've both just watched something which is not inspiring, you know, in any good or bad way. I'd mm. say this is exactly what the doctor ordered. Okay, very, very, uh, that's lovely. It's a good positive spin on things. And my only concern is I just want to do the best for the people who are financially supporting us. So to all our Patreon pals, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Um, kind of fuck you for the uh, for the voting on this one. I will say this as a, as a programming note. This was a tie in the poll with back-to-back watches of Jiggly and... Um, uh, not Made in Manhattan. What was the other one? Jiggly uh, Jersey and Girl. Jersey Girl. So that will be next up, and I am far and away looking forward to that more um, than, than this one because, that, I mean, we can sink our teeth into that big time. It was just we were a little pressed for time um, and, uh, you know, trying to negotiate the, the, uh, the zones and shit. That will be upcoming. I'm looking forward to it. This it was still a pleasure as always to talk to you, though, Guy. It's always just nice to, to have a chat. Oh, undoubtedly. Send uh, my best to all of the people in your touring party oh, that course. I know. Of course. And I'll do the same. Uh, everyone have a safe and enjoyable day out there. Um, and we'll see you next time where I imagine I'll be broadcasting from India. Wonderful. I hope they find Ben Stiller as fuckable as I do. Good night. Good night.